created live on Fireside. Hi, everyone. How are you? Welcome to YNS Live. I'm so excited to have my guest, Catherine Kamsey, and she is the founder of Fairy Club Love. And what I, I'm so excited because I've had Catherine on way back when. We're like in the hundreds, 150, 75 episodes. Catherine was my number 70. So welcome, Catherine, to YNS Live. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you back because I know there's been so much. Uh, I mean, even when we first, you know, we met in Clubhouse and then we just like really hit it off and you were one of my, you know, first guests when I started doing a series called, um, you know, Love What You Do. And your story uh, is tragic, but then amazing. This is going to be a really fun show. And again, there's some tragic parts to it that, you know, get ready because it's it's very heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching. But then what has come out of it is is really incredible. And then I also want to shout out to my sponsor, Together Women Rise. If you guys were in the show last week where um, Barb and Wendy were talking about their story, it was really incredible. Together Women Rise is an, an awesome, awesome organization that helps with women equality. So head over to togetherwomenrise.org and you can sign up for their newsletter and see how you can get involved. But definitely head over there to do that. But uh, again, Catherine, I am like so excited to hear where you are, but give us, you know, people can go back to episode 70 and they can go and, and listen to your story. But if you can just give us a little bit of background, you know, where and how you formed Fairy Club Love, that would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I'll try and keep it brief. So interrupt me. No, please. yeah, no, don't keep it brief because you know it, it, it. It's your story. I don't want you to keep it brief, but you know, yeah. I really love to like focus on the positive, but obviously the positive has yes. come out of something negative. Um, so yeah, way back when. I mean, I've always been into everything to do with crystals and spirituality and oils and meditation. Just always been a huge part of my life. Um, love it. Always, even as a child, I was into um, all of that stuff and fairies and all that sort of thing. Um, and I had a pretty good life, brilliant childhood. Everything was fabulous. Um, you know, all sort, all sorts of wonderful things. Um, and then in 2011, two weeks before um, my wedding. Uh, I had a phone call from my sister and I was a TV um, presenter, TV host, did you say in the US, um, at the time. And um, I was literally just about to go on air and she calls me and, and told me that my niece had been murdered um, when she was 20. She was 20 at the time. And obviously it's as if time stopped and I changed and I had to rethink how I was going to manage my life in dealing with something that was so tragic and devastating but not only to me because I have always been very positive I'm really good at putting a smile on things and I'm fine but suddenly it was the first thing in my life where I couldn't say to my friends and everyone oh it's but it's fine because it it wasn't right. uh, and then everything we were very very close Alice was you know a huge part of my life I used to have her a lot as a, you know as, as her auntie um but I think the, apart from that, obviously, which is devastating, it was the way that she went. It was the fact that it affected everybody in my family. So suddenly all my support system went. I have you know 20 people that are in my close-knit family and suddenly everybody was shattered. So I really, and also then having to, my husband at the time, we were all going to go to Hawaii. I was about to get married. So then with all the grief, I'm having to have conversations with people, having to cancel the wedding and having to do all of this. My husband was in Hawaii. He had to, it was just horrific has anybody anybody that ever has any lost anyone we've all you know we've lost people and it's always sad 
Um, but I think with a murderer, there's a different level that you have to suddenly accept with regards to suddenly, a, you know, the person you love is being spoken to, like about, you know, as evidence and, you know, having to see my sister go through all of that and then having to go to the court case the year later. And, you know, it, it comes with so many other other things. Um, and my sister, my Alice's mum has been absolutely amazing. She's very spiritual and very inspiring. Um, and got a lot of strength from her from that. Um, but really, for me, I wasn't sure how I was ever going to sort of smile again. You know, how do you get past that? So that's when I started to use all these modalities um, and started really sort of introducing them into my daily, putting myself into a really strict habit so I could pull myself out of that grief. So using my crystals, using my oils, using meditation, yoga, healthy eating, you know, it's no good going having a glass of wine as tempting as that was, you know, completely understanding that suddenly I had to deal with this because you can't carry that grief. You get two choices, be sad forever or get up and deal because everybody in life has a story, a sad story, a happy story. You know, I understand that people will talk to me and say, oh yeah, but it's really sad what happened to you. And I'm like, hang on a second. Sad is sad. If that's your dog dying, your fish dying, your granny, whatever, whatever is sad is a feeling for you. So I understand that. And what I realized, especially having my other nieces around that were younger and now certainly my daughter was I already had those modalities that instantly I could turn to because I knew about all of this stuff. So my passion became we should teach children all of this now before life happens, before they get their heart broken, before they lose someone they love, before they go through something toxic. Um, so that they already have a toolbox of stuff that they can go to. You know, know that you've got angels that you can call on. You can actually, oils will actually help change your mood. Knowing that having a green smoothie and, and, and grounding yourself with crystals and meditation is affirmations. Looking, however sad your situation, there's always something to be positive about. There's always gratitude that you can find. Journaling your feelings out, burning that letter. You know, there's so many steps that you can have. And especially now, especially with the pandemic, especially with what children are going through now and having things like child suicide as part of our conversation, children cutting themselves as young, you know, so young. This mm. didn't happen when I was younger, didn't it? wasn't, I mean, maybe it did, but very, it wasn't as around as much as it is now. And I think, you know, with social media and like I said, the pandemic, you know, we as adults have to step in we have to give these children tools. We have to empower them. We have to give them the tools to teach them how to make their lives better. And that's basically what my first book is about. Right. And I love that. And, you know, and I remember from episode 70, you know, when you told me that, I, I you know, took my breath away because I can't even imagine having to go through that. And one of the, there was two things that you said that really stuck out for me. Um, one was, well, there, I guess three, because you said your mom just walked around and made tea and that your dad sat in a chair with a magazine upside down. And I remember being like, oh, like your dad, like who was the rock probably of the family to see that that magazine was like turned upside down. I just, you know, that must've like tore you apart. And then the other thing that you said that um, really stuck out to me is that you lost your voice and you were always the one that was like, it was okay, but you physically, literally, didn't you yeah. literally lose your voice? I, I, well, I literally, I just couldn't physically eat anything. Um, I didn't, I just physically couldn't, 
it was so hard because when something like that happens and, and, and you know, people that have been through grief will know it's like everything's the first after that person has gone. I can't explain it. Like I had to, I couldn't bear wearing something or touching something that I had touched before she was, before, when she was here, when she wasn't here. You, you Your life suddenly sort of splits. You get a bef- when she was and when she wasn't. So you do all these weird things. Like you go and I went and touched everything. <laughs> I went in, in my hats and I had to go and do that. And then I had to, you know, it was, it was, just, I don't know. It's just a way I'd never really lost anyone before. No, I was going to say, well, to lose them the way you lost her. I mean, to, yeah. to the, I mean, murder, as you said, now she was evidence. And yeah. like, again, as like, you know, a sane person that's had, a, a, you know, I've had, we've all, as you said, we all have our stories and sad yeah. is sad and sad is sad, but something so um, violent and, and, and yeah. the way, you know, that just, I can't even, even kind of wrap my head around it. No. Um, it was, it yeah. was, yeah, it's, it does. It was like, you, and you sort of can't even, even as a policeman was stood there and I drove back from London, my sister said, don't go on air. And I was like, of course I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm coming. And we all, all my, all my family migrated to our house and we all stayed there for, I can't remember how long it was, a couple of weeks, we all slept on the floor. And, you know, we all sort of took these different roles. My brother was fantastic with dealing with the police. And my sister was just in my, her mum, you know, obviously she, it was like a waves of, feelings and we're trying to be brave for my li- the, the little ones and it was you know it was just yeah it was just it's just so sad it's and it, and another thing that we had to deal with was with the press as well because the British press if anyone's in England they'll know what that's like and it was a sensational story another gen- another young boy he was 20 he was killed at the same time as her her friend and it was a ridiculous story and I won't even go into that but it was you know, they've made TV shows out of it. You know, I've had to go and try and stop that, you know, because it's so, who, you know, who are these people making making these things out of something so negative, which is when I always circle back to, there is all, you have to try and find the positive. And the way that I looked at that was, you know, it's so sad, but I can't believe I was so lucky that I had her. She was such a positive person. And I do believe you come when you come and you leave when you leave. Like I honestly really believe that. Mm-hmm. And she was an amazing artist and in her room, she'd left us like all these messages saying things like, and this is how I know that she was like an earth angel. It's like, when you cry, I'll cry, but when you smile, I'll smile. And she'd written a poem when she was 13 about dying when she was older. Um, weird thing, she dreamt what actually happened to her. She dreamt two days before. She actually dreamt it. And she was telling, she was crying in the kitchen, telling my sister about it. And then obviously, too, it's like almost like your soul preparing for it. Right. So although desperately sad, of course, and I, if I could have changed it, I would, but I can't. So all I'm left with is trying to find some positivity out of it. And the one thing I wanted, the one thing I needed and I couldn't have is I wanted to speak to somebody that had been through the same experience and for them to say to me, you will be all right. There is, you can live your life after this. Like there is a life after tragedy and that's really uh, that's what I want to tell children when they're going through you know because I've you know we've all had times when we've been bullied or something's happened and you sort of think I'll never get through this or your boyfriend or your girlfriend whoever you know they leave you and it's it's so devastating how but you can get past everything and anything and with everything that I teach children that that's what I'm teaching them and I think it's absolutely imperative every spiritual book every crystal book every anything to do with it I mean I've probably bought most of them but I love that I love uh, more of us out there better let's all hold hands and just make it big you know I'm not saying everyone should definitely come to me or I'm some sort of superhero that's got all the answers I'm saying let's teach let's all get together and let's make this happen um because it's just it's so so important and that's really why I I wrote it because when I 
looked for my daughter. How am I going to teach all these things in a way that she understands everything that I wanted to teach her? There wasn't anything around. So I thought, well, right, then I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, and but I love that. Like, and I love because you are a positive person, right? So you were born a positive person, you said, and you had things that you did um, to, you know, kind of support your positivity. And I really believe you know, and people that listen to this, we all have a path, right? And whether you believe in God or the universe or both that, that, you know, you, you will find that path at certain points, whether it's a tragedy or it's, you know, you, you keep getting signs or it's like something that you want to do and it, it's some intuition. And what I found just so beautiful, you know, when I heard your story again, way back when it was, you know, number 70, um, which I feel like, a couple, I mean, I started this in 2019. So it was definitely over, you know, over a year, a year and a half, whatever, is that you from that were like, I want to show Alice that I'm not going to let her, what happened to her take me down. Cause that's not the person she was. She would never want this. She would be dying that we were all so sad. So I'm going to do something that's positive and then I'm going to take it and help others. Yeah. And so take us through, I mean, first, how many books do you have? And then take us through like how that kind of like evolved because I want people to hear it so they can think in their own minds, okay, well, this has happened to me and I've always wanted to help, but where do I start? So if you can take us kind of a little bit down that road. Sure. I mean, really, it started as a cathartic project for me. I've always journaled ever since I was younger, which is hilarious to read, by the way, when you look back. <laughs> and um so yeah so just writing was always and I sort of always felt right, it's funny my husband when I met him I was this the TV I always wanted to be famous and that was always my goal and then when I moved to Nashville and no one could understand me because my accent I was like, I need to rethink this one um but I always thought of like I love kids and I've always like had an obsessed with fairies and and one day I just thought how do I get all this out of me like I've got to write and then I started just I just literally one day wrote a list of everything I love I like what who am I what's my passion what do I really want how can I connect with children but doing it in a way that doesn't it's not a job it's something that I just love because it never started out as I'm going to write a book and sell it it started out as sort of almost like journal notes and then they sort of got bigger and then uh, I started to dream up fairies and I would doodle them. And then um, I think when you're on, in the, on the right path, people get put in front of you. Like one mm. of my good friends, Alison, she's amazing. She writes books and she just sort of, she was like, yeah, you can totally write a book because I'm actually chronically dyslexic. So I was like, well, obviously I'm never going to write. <laughs> uh, and everyone knows that that's about me and that's one of the things that we also got really, we were like, oh yeah, this is amazing because we both have that. And that's, you know, a huge part of my story. And even when we first met, that was, you know, part of my story. But now as I have evolved in this last year and a half in my storytelling, like yeah. I realized how much that actually was a part of my life and is a part of my life. So go ahead. But right. So like when someone says write a book and you're dyslexic, you're like, yeah, you know what? No, thanks. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, how are we going to do that? Um, but yeah, that, that, it just didn't get in my way because although I was struggling, I, I'd sort of like work through that, the dyslexia and just so the words would just flow. And, you know, and you, I don't know about how I would say that, it just it just wrote itself it's really mm -hmm. weird it's just you know Alison got put in my path and then she had an illustration she'd worked with this illustrator for years and she was just about to take a break and she was like it would actually be great if you could like pick her up and and I met this lady and she's like oh I'm not sure I can do that we work and she's brilliant my illustrator is 
absolutely fantastic not just as a brilliant illustrator but she's become a really good friend of mine um like she's unbelievable being so generous with her time and helping on the journey because I'm obviously mad as a box of frogs as well because I'm all creative <laughs> but she's sort of like ridden the wave with me um yeah so I started to put it together and then I realized you know what every modality I love and I've done my whole life well, in so, so long as I can remember to do it, crystals and oils and everything. And then I thought, but every modality is a career, is somebody's whole life. You know, crystals, you know, something like a Judy Hall or, you know, a company like doTERRA or Young Living or something like that. So um, people that study angels. So I was like, if I'm going to write this, I don't just want to write from me. I want to join up with people and really expand on that. So I literally went and bought every book, did every study, did every course on each modality. That was the first thing I did. And it was just great. I loved every, it wasn't a chore. It was like, oh, I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't get enough of it. And then I connected with somebody from each modality. Like I went and found a crystal expert and I really dug deep into how do I responsibly give this information to children in a way that is really, really clever and informative, but also really fun. So it's sort of like, oh, it's sort of fun as well. But really, it's actually a lot of information. So I did that and I did that with everything, crystals. You know, I didn't just go to an essential oil person. I went to an aromatherapist because, you know, I know stuff, but I know a lot, but I, I, you're always learning, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So so I went and they're all credited in my book and we worked together and, you know, I, I just, everything that I wrote, I was like, is this good? Is this, and we would tweak it and we would work. So, you know, I felt really responsible. So it took me a long time to do it. But once I did one, they were like, it's, I'm not good at many things, but writing books, I'm really good at <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and you, and you are good at many things, but right. I mean, it That's is, dance, but yeah, <laughs> no. And, and, and I think when, you know, again, a year and a half ago you had, I mean, I feel like over 30 books. Well, there's, gosh, there's, well, there's not only books because yes, I've got like, I've got, what, what I've got is I've got my main book, which is my mind full of happiness, which has got everything in. And then mm -hmm. what I did, I've branched out from that and I've got my crystal fairies and my oil fairies and they tell a little, they've each got like a little spiritual mindfulness book. So like Roxy the Rose Quartz and Orangey the Essential Oil Fairy. And then they meet sometimes and they're sort of little stories. Um, you know, so it's all thread all the way through, you know, like Rosie the Rocks, um, Rose Quartz Fairy, she's pink and she's very calm and their natures are the properties of crystals and the colours of the day. So it's it's done, it's done in a way so that the children will just get it without knowing that they're getting it. Um, and then I've written a, um, a sleeping story to help children be calm and tell them about the oils and the crystals that work with that. And then I've also got a workbook that goes with the book. It's 120 mm. pages. <laughs> and it's so you work together and it's great because what happens is, is parents that get it, they can work with their kids through it. So um, and that's something that I'm, I'm just about to start mentoring so we can work together so I can help parents with children that are highly anxious or worried or just want to give them kids these tools because a it arms them with the tools and b it carves out really really a magical time uh, that they can spend together and work through the book and the workbook and then we can see ways of overcoming stuff you know so and just yeah it's just really all about empowering children giving them their power about giving them these tools and my my hope would be that they would come away and even if they just had love of one thing like maybe crystals is their thing or maybe they find meditation it's like you know that's going to be that's going to be their thing or they they really understand about how you know food controls their body and the difference that it'll make if you would just drink some more you know swap out fizzy for water just one change that would be good that would be good enough for me um, so yeah, so that's, that's the plan. And, and, but really this is all just a calling card for my big plan. 
<laughs> yeah, um, so tell us, because that's what I know when we first, it was uh, it was a dream. Like, you know, it was one of those things. And everyone that listens to my podcast, sees my live shows, know that um, daydreaming is a huge, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate for. It. And I always say to people, you need to find that time to daydream. And daydreaming is not a negative thing. And some people call it meditation. I call it daydreaming. And I don't meditate. Like, I don't sit on a, on a mat because when I sit on the mat, I think about the laundry and the dishwasher. If I'm walking my dogs is when I create in my mind. So I always say to everyone, you need to find that space. You need to find that space. It doesn't have to be a traditional thing. You know, um, it's, it's just where you find where you can create in your mind. So I know when we initially had spoken, you're like, well, this is my, this is my next big dream. And so tell, and I know you're, you're far into it. I know you can't tell too much about it, but I'm just like, again, and everyone I know that is, you know, whether you're on LinkedIn, whether you're on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or here live in Fireside or listening to the replay, I mean, they can hear your, your heart. And they can hear um, just what a wonderful, amazing human you are. And again, that you want to help. And it came out of tragedy. And, um, you know, the tragedy, as, as crazy and, and awful as it was, it actually, you know that it's Alice speaking to you as you're doing these things. And you know that you're, you know, that she's there with you going, yes, Auntie, I'm so proud of you. Yes. I feel like she sort of wrote half of it, really. <laughs> You know, it really, it's, it sort of feels like that. And, and again, you know, having those people sort of put in my path made it, <clears throat> just made the process just so much better. And what I didn't mention, because I think, and I will just quickly, briefly mention this because it's relevant to the story and relevant to people that are going through things. But um, two, two and a half years, three years after this happened, my best friend died of cancer. And the only reason I'm mentioning Polly is for a couple of reasons. One, because I want to honour her, but also she gave me all my knowledge about smoothies and healthy eating. And, and, and I would not have had that without her. But also because Alice had died and I'd gone through that grief when I had to deal with her because I had those modalities and I'd experienced that and I'd used those processes and habits. I was able to not breeze past it. Of course, it was a process, but so much easier and so much quicker than it was with Alice because I'd prepared myself. And that's really what I'm trying to say to encourage people that if, if you give yourself these tools and these habits, you will, every time will be easier and easier. And that's not to diminish the grief or how you feel, but it's to know that there is another side. I promise you, I promise you, whatever depths you're in, because I felt sometimes you feel like you're in a black hole. That's how grief felt to me. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that because that's- No, and I love that. And I and actually was going to get back to that because when we had our show, um, my best friend Susie had died of, um, you know, friend, and I, you know, I actually, it's funny, I have my podcast, but I really haven't, you know, I know Susie's with me at all times. And she's probably like, yeah, you don't talk about enough. She's probably like sitting there yelling at me right now. Um, <laughs> but, and I know she'd be so proud of where I am, but that was her death. She died of frontal lobe dementia at uh, 40. I mean, 42. I mean, it just is like insane. Like when people are like, wait, what did she say? Frontal lobe dementia? Yep. My friend had dementia. I completely watched her for years just shrink into this person that couldn't speak anymore, couldn't walk. And I would literally go every Friday and I would, um, sit and wrestle with her or like, you know, we would play ball or something and I'd bring the kids whenever they could. And it was all of a sudden seeing this incredible woman that was an artist who was the light, who had this laugh that you would like literally stop in your tracks um, to like, and she always remember me. So frontal lobe dementia, they still remember, um, but they don't know, like they just literally become a child and then almost like um, an autistic child and then almost like even further into that. 
so it was insane. So I know when we talked, I think we, when, when I literally said in the episode, like we're, we laughed, we cried, um, yeah. which we really did because we both <laughs> did because it was something that I learned from Susie. Um, you know, I did watch her, you know, kind of die in front of me for years. And I remember when she did go, you know, when she left this earth, because, you know, I mourned when she left, when she wasn't the person she was for years, you know, I think it was like three years that, you know, I would go and I'd be like, I can't, I cannot believe that this is my friend. This is like, you know, I couldn't have a conversation with her. You didn't, you didn't talk. It was not a conversation anymore. She would like repeat you. And then she lost her voice and then she lost a lot of bodily functions. And so it was, um, just watching that happen and seeing, you know, she had two young sons, you know, her, their, her, she and her ex-husband actually had gotten divorced before because he didn't know that this was happening with frontal lobe dementia. The first thing that goes is really your, um, kind of your sympathy. So he would come home from, you know, work and she would have this wonderful meal in front of him. He'd be like, oh, where's mine? And she'd be like, oh, I didn't make it for you. And the kids would be eating like a bowl of cereal in front of the floor, like on, in front of the TV, which they never did. And he was like, what is going on? So he thought that she just stopped loving him. They uh -huh. went to therapy and she was like, oh, you want to get divorced? And he was like, well, no, but do you? And she's like, yeah, sure. Because they lost, it's like she lost that part and you didn't know that that's what was happening. And so it was just insane seeing the little pieces as after she passed. But so I remember you saying that, you know, with Alice and then with Polly, who Alice, you know, when Polly was there for you, she was one of your support systems. And oh, yeah. then to lose her, you know, just as again, like a kick in the, you know, a kick in the stomach, like, oh my gosh, okay, God, what are you, what are you telling me? What do I need? Um, but so again, I love that you brought that up. So I, I totally appreciate you brought that up because that is where like she taught you all these different things. And again, it was your path. And that's what like, as much as it's, it's awful and it's, it's terrible that all those experiences that you went through just are here because you're going to help a multiple of people. Like, it's not just like where you're going to help with like your little, you know, your little pod there. You're going to be helping people in, in all generations, in all countries because of these two experiences that you had. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a huge, Polly was, you're right. She was a complete support network to me. She, we were like sisters really. So it was really, and she was so positive. Like she was like, I'm definitely not going to die. So, and I really believe, I believed it. <laughs> I really, I was, it sounds ridiculous because again, you know, I, similar to you, I, you know, I watched her dying essentially in front of me, but I just never, ever thought I was going to get that call because I just, you know, because right. we were all about positivity and, you know, really, but yeah, it was, and, and actually when, when Alice died, she'd help Alice heal from her eczema completely by giving her this protocol of juicing. And I found a note from Alice for Bliss and it was at things to do. Number one, ring Polly and thank her for making my skin better. And she had never got around to doing it. So, oh. but it's sort of all interlinked. And that's yeah. what I mean. As, as sad as it is, it, it feels very purpose driven. It feels as if everything that was meant to happen has happened for that reason. And even when I moved to Nashville, you know, I, when I moved to America, I was so having had this perfect life of like never anything tragic to then Alice and Polly and moving to moving countries and finding it moving to the Bible Belt in, in, in Nashville, it was like so different, culturally different and not wrong. You know, I you know, I've met some lovely people, but I was so desperately lonely there because just not, just finding difficult difficulty in connecting with people because so different, you know, so I really went through all these other things as well, almost, you know, like this loneliness and not fitting in. And suddenly I felt like Superman, but with, uh, is it kryptonite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I felt like because my one my superhero power was making friends with people and having people like me, and suddenly people didn't. I was like, well, wait, what's happening? Right, which is like, so weird though. Like that makes me like don't you know? I mean, I think that just is you're such a light. But again, it's because it's different from what they experienced. Yeah, and, and also, you know, I was very loud. I'm from London. I'm you know my husband's a lot younger than me. You know, he was in a rock band and like who's this girl? And I'm super confident over you know and you know. I don't want to say obnoxious, but just, no. just different. Just it's different when you grow up in London to going to places where everything, you know, people marry a lot younger. So it was just different. So, and again, the reason I say that is because I've exp- you cannot have empathy. I don't think for loneliness, for heartbreak, for grief, for all of those experiences, for being ostracised, being victim, all of those things. Because his family didn't like me either. It's another story. But <laughs> unless you've experienced it. And I really feel like I have had 10 years of like being through this roller coaster, but I'm absolutely out the other side now. And that's why I'm ready to like set the world on on fire. (laughs) Right. Unfair. No, I love that you said that. But here's the other thing that I want to touch on that you said, and this comes up a lot in the podcast now as, as my podcast has evolved, is that when you were writing, it almost was like you were in a flow. Like it wasn't difficult. It just was there. And I had a very similar experience and, you know, Gina and and Stephanie and the audience are going to applaud to this. But when I was at the live shows at, you know, for the NFL uh, at the Super Bowl with the, with the women, I wasn't, I, it, before I was thinking, okay, well, I need to be a little bit prepared. Like when I do an interview, I, I don't like to do too much research because it's all about the conversation. It's all about me being curious and asking curious questions. But I was like, okay, these people are going to be coming up. There's going to be famous people. I really should know their names. Like, so if I can have like a little bit of a laundry list of who's going to be at the networking event and like, you know, who's going to be at the fashion show, just like an idea because people have RSVP'd. I, um, you know, my, my partner, Cynthia was like, yeah, no, I can't get that too. You'll be fine. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with it. And I remember sitting down and, you know, and thinking I hired an agency because I was like, I just hope everything like, you know, it's broadcast and I hope we have the Wi-Fi and all those things. And I literally sat down in the chair and I did not have a nerve at all. It was the most amazing thing. You know, I was jet lagged. I did like, I just think I just had one shake, you know, the whole, the whole day. Um, Thank you. And again, not that everyone needs to know, but I had my period. There were so many things that could have went wrong that nothing did. And I was so in the flow. And I just afterwards was like, okay, I see you, God. I'm in the spot that I'm supposed to be. And I've been listening to you. People have been put in my path because this is what you have meant for me. And all my other experiences, like, so when I decided to stay, you know, when I was in advertising and then had children and I stayed home with the children and, you know, then I did some of the, you know, I, I, I taught, I was an instructor for health and fitness. Those were not the wrong path. Those were just a path that were building on my story. And now I'm in the spot where you want me to, and I can't wait to see where this goes because this is fun, right? So as you were writing and you were feeling that, you were like, okay, this is great. So it, tell us now like what you have in the works. And, um, you know, I know, again, I know you can't tell us too much, but like what you have in the works and what you've been working on and your, you know, this big dream. Well, my goal is, like I said, the book was always really like my calling card. You know, I don't even care. I sort of... <laughs> eventually I'd like to be in a position where I can just give these books away like the first book because I feel like every you know I think about foster kids and children's homes you know people that really need it because at the very beginning of the book it says this book found you because it wants to be with you and that's so that's why I want it you know I love it when people buy often people you know they'll buy it and they'll buy a gift for somebody and I, I love that and I've gifted loads a lot of them yes no I remember yeah 
just because not it, just because I really feel like I want kids to have it I think it's important and I'd love it in schools as well I think that's a again that's going to be there's work to do with that but I think that I think it would be brilliant um to have that but where this is my goal with it so I've got my book I've got all my other books which is like a subscription which is going to have stickers and affirmation cards and bookmarks and all sorts of things like that I'm just about to open um, a merch store so that people can attach whatever fairy they like to anything that they want maybe you want Zerafina who's a sleeping fairy as a blanket or the flower of life which is a really powerful um healing um symbol that you could have on cups or a little um prayer Radhi Shetty and um, Jay Shetty's wife who's in my book she talks a lot about how you can have like little so you can put a little prayer on your child's lunchbox so there's loads of stuff with that so that's one thing um but the books I want to lead to this tv show because that's really my background I started my life at, in Pima Studios a million years ago um in Buckinghamshire and um in a kids animation so when I, I again I didn't know we were going there but it just again just put it together and I've got this tv show that I absolutely love and I've got some really big names that huge big huge big names that are very very interested in it and we're pushing it and so we're starting to have um, meetings now about it and talking tonight I don't want to talk about the networks or who it is because I haven't asked them no you're um, right yeah but yes I'm getting a lot of yeses a lot of interest um, and this will be a really really powerful show because again it's giving those subtle messages it's really positive it's got all of the feeling of you know the Paw Patrol with the the, the team building and My Little Pony how cute and the little Care Bears and all oh, Pixie Hallow with the fairies but it also delivers like a really powerful message it teaches children about the meditation everything that we talk about meditation yoga healthy eating but it does it in a really cute way and two things happen in every show first of all you've got everybody wears a flower of life you're given one by the flower of life fairy you don't know what it's going to be it's going to be a necklace or one somebody's got a tattoo somebody there's because there's fairies for everybody <laughs> and then all of it whatever happens all the fairies of life sort of join up and they send out like this beam of energy and whatever fairy is needed comes in so we meet a plethora there's probably i think i've got about 60 fairies now so they come in and also at the end of every show you've got roxy who's our main character she'll come in and you'll sort of pull out of the tv screen and she comes onto the show and she'll give the child an affirmation so this is what you know so she'll say thank you so much oh, i love you thank you for watching today we learned that this is and this is so important go and you know go and give somebody, a, a, go and sell something you love or go and do this or, so it leaves really positive, which I think is really, really important. So that's, so that's important. Yeah, so that's the TV show. So I'm really excited about that because that's my absolute passion. And I just, and that could be something that can be sort of worldwide. And not only for the messages, not only for the habits, not only for the teaching, but also it's completely diverse. Um, I've consulted um, with um, a diversity lawyer from the LSE, which is um, London School of Economics. It's like our Harvard in there. And she's super, she's she's brilliant. She, I mean, obviously, she's going to be a professor. So she's, um, so I've, because again, you know, I understand about diversity. I've, I, I, I want to be sensitive to that, but I want to have it on a level that really, really, it really gets to everybody so that every single child, whatever feeling they're going through, they're going to see a fairy and be like, huh. There's somebody like me in there, right. whatever that is, whatever that is. So that's something as well. And I just want that flowing through. Not doesn't even need to be talked about much, or maybe we will, but it's just going to be flowing through. So again, something that I've thought about. Um, and then from the show, 
my next project or where I see this going is I don't know if um, well a Peppa Pig is huge Peppa Pig world is here actually um, in England about 20 minutes from where I am but it's I want to create like a little place in um, something like they've got it here in Polson's Park. So it's like a little place that you can go with your kids and you can ride all the rides that Peppa Pig rides. You know, you can go to the schoolhouse, you can go and ride it in the windy hill or whatever it is. So what I'm going to do is have Fairy Club and create a place where children will go and you'll go to the Toadstool Tea Rooms and you'll learn how to make, the fairies call it a soothie, not a smoothie, just a little flower. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> So you'll make a little soothie together and you'll, let, you'll explain what's needed in that. You'll go over to um, the fairy town hall and do, you'll, there'll somebody teaching about meditation or uh, you'll go over to the waterfall um, where you can rinse your crystals and learn, you know, like when you dig for gold, if you go to one of those. Where did I do that recently? Do, was it Dollywood? I can't remember. Um, yeah. So you can go and dig for crystals and then every crystal you get out, you can like learn the properties of it. So that's where I'm going with this. And you will. And that's the thing. You totally will. So let, tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. So everywhere is Fairy Club. My website is fairyclub.love. Um, that's where you can find me. And um, that's where everything is really. But all of my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, everything is just Fairy Club Love. Yes, so. and so you guys can see that actually scrolling. And again, it will be in the in, you know in the show notes. But yeah. um, you know, I mean, Catherine, I just I love that you are back. I mean, we we've always you know through Instagram yeah. or whatever we've always stayed in touch because you know I feel like we have so many synergies, yeah. but also so many beliefs, but also our energies. Like we yeah. <laughs> we would we would be if we lived in the same town, we'd be you know palling around. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love what you're doing, but I, and I just love the message that you're out there, but it's also, you know, showing people that, um, you know, you can dream big and you can make yeah. things happen. And I think that's so important. And I know when you said, you know, you had a you know great life until, you know, a couple of tragedies happened, but again, you're dyslexic. So life, you know, there, you had your struggles, right. But you oh, also, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was I was definitely a chubby kid, always the one picked last at sport. I definitely, I think you know I did go through a lot of things as, as a child, but I think I just, again, it was always because it was just me that was going through it. I was like, we're good. I'm no, good. right. I'm being the chubby one because all my, my brothers and sisters were super slim. And in fact, my mum just said to me the other day, which I was like, great psychology mother. She's like, do you remember when you thought you were really fat and stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Am I I was with my brother and we were just like dying laughing. Love like, well, I can't but- wait <laughs> It's so, it's so true. But you know, it goes back to like when I, when people ask me like, what will just make you be unstoppable? Like you yeah. don't stop. And I'm like, well, it's because I think probably how many times I failed as a student, but yeah. I just kept getting back up. You know, like I, I just kept getting back up because it was like, okay, well that was hard. Oh, I sucked at that. But I had a lot of talent. I, I did have a lot of strengths and I love that, you know, it's so close to your heart, but it's also, you know, you've created this in your mind and I just can't wait. You guys go over to Fairy club love instagram you know websites but also if you are listening to this wherever you are and you're like oh that doesn't really pertain pertain to me it does in some way if you actually just stopped and think of everyone in your life whether it's a neighbor an aunt an uncle a cousin someone needs to hear this show someone needs to hear this message someone needs a book the fairy club love book because they're going through something that they maybe don't need to handle. So I want you guys to go out and share this to as many people as you can. I also want to thank together women rise who is sponsoring this, 
this episode. And um, that is a woman in quality. They're doing so many crazy, amazing things where they're changing. I mean, the projects that they're having, they're going to be on more, but go over to together womenrise.org. And you guys can learn a little bit more about that as well. But I just want to say thank you so much, Catherine, and um, good luck with everything. I can't wait to just be like, I had her on, you know, a year and a half ago. I knew her first. I knew her first. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. It's so nice to chat with you. And also, if there's anyone that, you know, if you know of a charity or there's somebody that needs a book, please contact me. It's hello fairy, (laughs) hello fairy at fairyclub.love. And I'm happy to donate anything because I do, I really, I'm not just, it's not just lip service. I really mean that, you know, I really want kids to have it that need it. And I'm happy and love to do that. And uh, also big on collaboration because I really believe we all just held each other's hand, right? If we all got rid of all this rubbish that, you know, let's have competition or this or that. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I don't believe, I've had a lot of people help me for no reason. Every single, I've got a lot of celebrities in my book and everyone did it for free. People like Radi Shetty, Prince Air, I've got John Edward, I've got some really big names and they were, yep, they were all in, no question. Vision from Mind Valley, I mean, amazing people. So, if I can give to somebody, if someone wants my help, writing a book, do something, please, because that's what we're here for, isn't it? And I believe we're all in each other's soul, soul, soul circle. And if we all just do that, let's all stand on each other's shoulders. That's great. It's all the nope. same. We can't take it with us. <laughs> and it's, but it's so true. It's so true. And that's what, you know, and that's another reason why we get along so well because we embody each other. You know, I mean, I remember after our last episode, I was like, oh, you need to talk to this person. And you're like, oh, you need to talk to this person. And we, you know, exchanged all these different people. And so that's what's beautiful about it. So, yes, thank you for bringing that up. Again, if you guys know people and also know people that, you know, I mean, Catherine is, is far with the, with the, uh, the TV show. But again, you never know who you know in your world yeah. that might be like, oh, wait a second. Then they, you know, can get you here or they know this person. So think about it, reach out, get in touch with, you know, Catherine and just, you know, again, guys, thank you for joining YNS live with my guest, Catherine Camsey. So thank you so much, you know, Catherine, again, I just adore you. Thank you guys again. Don't forget to share this. We will see you next week with another live show and uh, so good to see you. Bye everyone. <laughs>